As the person tasked with the awesome responsibility of generating new business for your agency, we thought you might like a little help. Welcome to the Agency Hero Podcast, hosted by List Partners and Catapult New Business. We're here to make sure new business professionals like you get the best practices and strategies you need to be more efficient and effective in all your business development efforts. Most importantly, we want to make sure you're out there winning new clients, generating agency-changing revenue, and becoming the hero of all your colleagues. Now, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, it's Matt Chalet from Catapult New Business, talking today about money. How much does new business really cost to start driving new revenue for your agency? So today I brought in a an expert. His name's Dave Curry. He's the CEO of List Partners. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for uh, for being here. So I just want to jump right into it uh, because we get asked every single day, if I'm an agency getting started on proactive outreach for the first time, you know, what kind of money, time am I looking to, forward to uh, or am I needing to invest in order to get this thing built? Well, I think you nailed it right out of the gate in terms of what are you looking to invest. A lot of agencies that I've talked to over the course of uh, the last decade or so certainly have looked at it as... Uh, either a cost center or an investment. And I think that mindset's really important going into it. So I think the real question there is you've got to ask yourself, does advertising and direct marketing work when you're looking to grow your organization proactively? And ultimately that is an investment in that advertising slash direct marketing side of things. Uh, the investment is typically representative of a financial goal with intent behind it. Uh, it's investment getting into a new area and there's, you know, there's always, with any investment, there's a degree of calculated risk. So when it comes ultimately down to it, it's how do you uh, make the right investment against your risk profile. So it, it was interesting you brought up the, does it ultimately work? Because I see a lot of agencies that tell me, we've tried it before in the past, and it, and it hasn't worked. So how would you... How would you talk to them about those that are striking into proactive for the very first time? I mean, this is a, a big investment for them, right? They've they've never put dollars towards this, or if they or have, they've put it once and it's it's gone horribly horribly awry. Yeah, look, there's there's always middle ground. I think that the the, the biggest challenge that agencies face is whether it's going to be a what is the role of business development, and typically it's been sales and marketing which have come in under the business development banner. Uh, I can test that you really want to break out prospecting, uh, which is a component of both sales and marketing, and the pitching winning side of the business or the closing side of the, of the business slightly differently. I think they're very different skill sets that require, a, in many cases, dedicated personnel on those tasks specifically. So when you start to add this up, look, the, the minimum level of investment, not only from a, a hard cost in terms of salary and the resources that go behind making sure that that people or that person or those people are successful, is certainly in the two hundred twenty-five thousand dollar range on an annualized basis. Um, for that, you're looking at um, personnel plus uh, expenses to make that person successful or those people successful in a middle market agency. That's typically a pretty good representation of a loaded. Um, a loaded structure. Are you when you're talking about personnel? Are you talking one or two? Are you talking one main person? Because you, you were uh, kind of distinguishing between those prospecting and those closing. So are you saying the the ideal structure would be more than one person? It is, and usually it's a it's one full time person and then a portion of someone else's time. 
typically the people pitching uh, the business, especially on some of the larger assignments, have other responsibilities. You've got account people in there. You've also got uh, creative people. So it's the loaded cost of or the loaded investment against that. Um, I still contest that you need someone doing dedicated outbound prospecting, which is the enticing people to interact with your organization, having as many uh, relevant conversations as possible, and, uh, and doing that with consistency month over month, week over week, and on a daily basis. It's the consistency that's really key there. And yeah, I, I truly contest you need a dedicated full-time person for that. At that point, the dedicated full-time person that you put towards that task I've seen some different creative ways that people go into compensating them, right? Um, some things that are very complex that I think, uh, well, I guess I have my personal feelings on whether or not I would be excited about working under one of those plans or not. Is there is there one way that you've seen best to uh, to perhaps compensate these or, or something that puts them right in line with achieving the company goals and their own personal financial goals? I'm a big believer in aligning incentives. For a small agency, in many cases, you're looking at a, at a loaded cost of about 65000 for someone who's dedicated 100% to, as a base salary, uh, a loaded base salary for prospecting on an ongoing basis. But you want to make sure you've got some type of win component there with, without an annuity to it. So typically what I'd see is somewhere in the range of a $65,000 base with an 8 to 12% commission on business one for the first 12 months that that, is a, that, that uh, client is, uh, is new to the agency. And they're able to work with the account team to grow that client over the first 12 months. But beyond that, you wanna have them focus you know, almost exclusively on new relationships. So that sort of starts to stack up as you get to a mid-sized agency. Um, and also this is geographic, geography dependent, of course, mm -hmm. but um, as an average, you're starting to move up to a, a mid-sized agency, sort of the 50 to 150 headcount range, you're looking at about $120,000 base um, loaded. Moving into a large Manhattan-based uh, agency as a as a other end of the spectrum example, you're looking at the uh, 165, 198 sort of range, just under that 200k range is uh, is typically the norm. So you're for the commission portion, you're you're saying pay them on that that first year. Are you paying or are seeing people pay typically off of dollar one that they close, or are they having to? Uh, they'll say sell and, and get a certain amount, or how, how have you seen that in the past? Typically, it's off the profit or the AGI from dollar one, so from the first invoice. Look, I'm a big believer in paying people early and paying them often rather than holding out for annual bonuses and um, items that are even at a quarterly basis. I think it incentivizes a different set of behaviors. Um, certainly, with, uh, with a prospecting type of personality, you want to have that gratification coming frequently. So as, as, uh, as small as you can break down those incremental bonus payments or commission payments into something that's really tangible that will be felt by the person doing the prospecting, I think the better. We've cool. certainly seen those results be much more effective than the clients we're working with. So, and it, it's funny, I mean, you brought up behaviors, and I think this is a good time to pivot just really quickly away from dollars. But so tell me, what kind of behaviors are you normally looking for or let's say qualities in this type of a new business person that you're that you're bringing on. Well, I think it's changed over the last few years. You know, historically, and it also depends upon the type of work you're going after. But clearly, the market's showing us that the opportunities in terms of volume of opportunities um, are increasing, but the dollar value is decreasing. So I think you've got to look at more of a transactional nature of prospecting. 
So the types of behaviors you need that are successful in those volume-based transactions are someone who is um, high energy, highly organized. I think organization skill is a, is a key part that's often overlooked um, for someone who's a fast talker, for instance. But I think that hides a lot of uh, undesirable behaviors. So you're looking for someone who has the personality traits and behaviors that's highly organized, highly efficient with their time, and um, has a, an inquisitive, curious nature uh, that's looking to do discovery versus selling. So I think that the, those types of behaviors are, are not hard to come across, but they're hidden in many cases, and they're hard to see in the first um, couple of interviews. You really want to get an understanding of the types of work that they've been doing in the past, and are they able to establish or entice a conversation and then do discovery on that conversation versus start selling right out of the gate. So try and avoid sales conversations when you're prospecting at all times. This is a research conversation or an interview. How, how important do you think it is to have an agency background? I don't think it's important at all. I think, uh, look, it's a nice to have, but we're finding, and I'm certainly finding with the, with, clients that I've talked to and people in the industry that I interact with that the most successful people in these prospecting roles have typically come out of higher volume transaction based prospecting roles in ad tech, martech, media sales, um, like industries but not specifically in agencies. Um, historically sales or prospecting people in agencies are really inbound conversion people. Um, or that's where their skill set is, which is a, also a, desi a desired skill set and a needed skill set. But it's really not your your most effective prospecting set of personality traits and experience. So they still have some exposure if you're in the media or ad tech world to the agency world and those that we're working. So we understand that, right? Yeah, yeah, ecosystem experience, understanding the dynamics of how media, the platforms that enable media to be bought, placed, sold, and measured, as well as where the content's created. And the, how those how those parts of the ecosystem interact with one another is really important to be able to demonstrate value and ask the right questions. But um, having the experience specifically in working inside an agency, uh, it's just it isn't working out as effectively as it has in other categories. Right. So this has been really focused so far on just the let's call it the employee side of it, of uh, the actual human capital and the dollars that it takes. We're investing. Upwards for some of these folks, 150000 200000 loaded cost for this. Um, what about the support investments that we need to make around those? Because we're not just going to hire one person, I, I would assume, right, and just uh, expect them to, to go off. What right. what kind of technology do we need to have in place to be successful? And then what what's that investment typically going to look like? Look, you can spend as much money as you like in this and truly make it a cost center. I think at a minimum, a good benchmark to look at is about $12,000 a year in uh, expense items related specifically to prospecting. Uh, you're going to have to have some level of prospecting or targeting intelligence source. Clearly, that's the business that we're in. Uh, you just can't be as effective with the nature of the, the business changing for more of a transaction-based uh, focus, more volume. You need a pipeline that is developed with velocity and volume, you're going to need sales intelligence resources. Um, prospecting and targeting, um, and you're looking somewhere in the range of $7,000 for that. Organization, some type of CRM. It doesn't look, some of these are free. There's certainly, you know, a, it's a, a very large market, but you're looking somewhere in the range of $0 of investment on uh, some of the free CRM to 
thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a year in terms of uh, something more like Salesforce. I think Salesforce gets intimidating for a lot of a lot of our agencies. I mean, have you seen best practices on using that or, or like certain places to start that would make it say easier for someone that hasn't been using a CRM before? Yeah, I think it's important to understand what you're putting into what you want to get out of that organizer first, which is reverse engineering it from I want to know how many dollars we've won mm -hmm. to how many dollars are potentially going to be won and working it backwards through from a revenue standpoint all the way up to the top of the marketing funnel. So if you can accurately track those KPIs from a very basic format, take it from how you would traditionally do it in Excel and find a CRM that, that fits your needs to that regard. After that, it's they're very, all very similar. It's tracking tasks. It's tracking uh, number of tasks, number of activities, and the level of detail that you get around that. Um, for some of the, the higher uh, level investment CRMs, you're then paying for how well they integrate with uh, your, your other sales stack items like your uh, maybe Google Analytics or um, a lead forensics or your Gmail suite or uh, market automation platforms. Okay. okay, so we've got prospecting tools, CRM. I'm, I'm a huge proponent for sales amplifiers. An example okay. of that would be something like uh, it's more of a one-to-one -one semi-automated email marketing and social marketing platform. So you can look at... Uh, Portions of that that come out of HubSpot, SalesLoft has their cadence platform. There's a huge suite of these types of applications that are out there. And they're going to, again, a lot of these applications are on a month-to-month -month subscription or an annualized contract basis. They're somewhere between $500 and $1,200 a year. Um, I'd also put in a, a, a conferencing application, some type of uh, blue jeans, join me, go to webinar, um, a way to sh share and, and host those, those conferences. Um, so, yeah, just those components we've talked about thus far in the ten dollars to $12,000 range right out of the gate. And these are just prospecting tools. Mm -hmm. This is not um, looking at, uh, say, the, the full um, pitching stack of, of tools where you might want to get into more media planning and, uh, and, and uh, studies with Gartner and so forth. Okay. Um any other costs, I mean, from, uh, from a tool side, or is that anything else from uh, a proactive outreach that I'm not thinking of when we talked about employees or, or tools? I, I think that's, that pretty well sums it up. I mean, you, you, can, you can always add more as you go, but if you've got an email and calendar platform, you've got the ability to research the companies and the people that you want to go after and understand the when and why to reach out to them, and then have a platform to do that at, at scale. So account-based marketing at scale, I think it's really important. Uh, a way to then interact with them in an easy, uh, non-friction-based environment, like a, a join me or something like that, then you really have a, a basic sales stack that you're looking for. So then the next part is, is there, you know, that's a very proactive approach from a, a more reactive side. Is there a cost associated that you see from, let's call it the inbound or the referrals and the word of mouth? I mean, is there is there a dollar that you put towards that, or is it just a time issue? I mean, where where have you seen that from an investment standpoint? I guess is there a cost associated with a reactive approach? Reactive is great. I think it's an essential part of the mix. I think it'd be naive to think that that uh, the way in which a lot of these um, our clients and and the industry gr still grows is through a referral and word of mouth and responding to inbound inquiry. I think that's a, a vital area. I think one of the things that is a, a cost to that is opportunity cost. You're waiting for the opportunity to come to you versus running to the wall. So 
you know, I talk about, I, I think about this in terms of having control over the destiny of your organization and the control over the, the growth. I see the inbound side as cream on top of an out, a really effective outbound strategy. Um, it also sort of one of the opportunity costs there is managing the strategic direction of your organization. You don't necessarily know where these opportunities are going to come in from or how frequently they're going to come in, what the value of them is going to come in, nor the profitability of those types of assignments. I think uh, that then sort of rolls into your overall growth rate and your ability to recruit and retain talent. Um, so look, there's associated costs of, of not having a, an outbound program and relying solely on inbound. Um, that being said, you certainly want to make sure that you have a marketing channel and an inbound, someone who can receive those inbound inquiries. But in most cases, I find that that's a very different skill set than someone who's ta tasked with outbound. Um, the ideal scenario is to have someone who's an inbound uh, response-based business development person uh, and then someone who's specifically tasked with outbound prospecting, lead generation. You know, there's a, there's a book that I enjoyed called The Referral Machine. Um, and, you know, I asked the question that referrals, making the, the assumption that referrals were essentially an inbound thing. Um, but... I think there's an important distinction when you change your mindset to going out and actively, proactively getting referrals. Yeah, are they proactive referrals or reactive yeah. referrals? Yeah. You, know, you can take it both ways. They're, they're really both just leads. Um, and you, if you change the name from referral to lead, is it an inbound lead or a, or a, or a lead that you're going out after? Yeah. And um, doing a, a structured referral program with intent is typically owned by the outbound proactive person. And the inbound stuff where the phone rings or the email comes to you from a, from a friend that's unprompted is best handled by someone who's not doing the proactive side. Yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of our agencies, just because of the, the nature of the word and the way it's been in the past, we think that we've got to wait around for our referrals instead of going out and actually asking for the referrals um, and putting that intent behind what we, uh, what we want to accomplish through those. Yeah, Matt, look, as you have I've talked about with numerous clients and, and people in the industry over the years, I mean, having a really structured in, uh, referral program where you're, you're dedicating time and resources specifically to take action on identified people in the marketplace and ask for a, a specific referral with, um, with, with a sense of urgency behind it is one of the fastest ways to get your proactive business development program up and running, generating income to then go uh, and work outside of that referral network. It's also so, easier to sort of test that that sales pitch or that positioning pitch with people who are a little bit friendlier yeah, than right. uh, going out completely cold. Well, I know uh, most of my folks don't have that that uh, strong cold background, so that's certainly someplace that would be more comfortable for them starting. I think the area I think you hit on something there in terms of comfort. This is uncomfortable, right? This is the being proactive and going into market and facing rejection is probably the one of the one of the areas that, that prohibits business development or pro proactive prospecting for agencies, it's probably one of the biggest um, hurdles to overcome. That's why I say, look, start, as long as you can just get started and start with something that's ref uh, outbound referral based, start with people who like you, your, your trusted allies, your friends, your um, those friends in the industry, people you've lost touch with, have an, have an excuse to go back to them and t just talk to them. You're not trying to sell something from that regard. You're just looking to start a conversation and do a discovery call, um, establish as many new relevant relationships as possible, 
but doing it with intent and doing it with consistency, again, is really like key to success. Great. Well, I will ask you one last question. And knowing that you're a, a, a bit of a biased guy coming from uh, coming from List Partners and your product Winmo, which is which is absolutely key when you're talking about getting data on the audiences and the decision makers that you want and understanding all the context of their marketing decision makers, why they're going to be making moves and where they're spending their dollars and everything else. I know you're probably going to say, Hey, you've got to have, you've got to have Winmo right in your, in your new business stack and where you're putting your dollars. But, um, if you really only had one place you were getting started, you know, you're, you're a small to medium sized agency that really hasn't taken a proactive outreach before. Where are you starting when you say you put your dollars? Because there were a lot of different places that we covered here in the last 20 minutes. Certainly. I think that's slight, probably a slightly different answer for different types of different size organizations. If I'm a five-person to 50-person agency, and I've, I've not ever done this before, I've never taken a proactive approach, the f very first thing I would do is find a dedicated person to own this. I wouldn't delegate it to the executive team. I wouldn't hand it over the, the uh, perceived poison chalice to someone in account management and say, here you go, congratulations, you're now prospecting. I'd find, I'd hunt specifically for the right person to own this. And then I would um, make sure that they're charged with broadcasting a very specific set of our solutions to exactly the right people at the right time with consistency and intent. And I would have them start with people that are the friendlies. I would start with that intentful, consistent, um, referral-based outreach and um, to get the messaging right, to get them trained, to get them onboarded within the first 90 days and slowly then start to add more of the right types of people that look just the sort of lookalikes to those friendlies and build it up from there. And look, I'd also give myself at least six months if not 12 months to, to look at this as a, a longer term investment that's going to have a payoff, but it's not going to be in the first 90 days. And it's, you know, if it is in the first six months, brilliant. But um, again, it's not a, I can't look at it. I wouldn't recommend looking at it as a cost center. It's an investment. It's a 12 month investment. And ideally in the first 12 months, worst case scenario, it breaks even beyond that then it was starting to look at growth. And I think like any investment, you, you've got to give it enough runway and you've got to give it enough um, time to, to get up and, and running and really producing. Because at the, at the end of the day, anything that's going to add to your EBITDA and your valuation of your organization is going to take 12 months to do it. So yeah, I would hire that dedicated outbound person and, and task them with just what I've talked about. Well, Dave, this was awesome. Thanks so much for all of the detail. Uh, all of the uh, the information here. I know there's there's a lot we covered here in terms of uh, where we should be investing our dollars and, and getting started with any kind of proactive outreach. Uh, I'll give a small pitch and just say everyone should check out uh, Dave's product, www.winmo.com. Uh, Winmo, you want to say anything about it really quickly before before we hang up? Yeah, I think, look, if, if, you're, if you're moving forward with any type of outbound prospecting, having the sales intelligence of understanding who to reach how to prioritize who to, out, who to do outreach to is, um, is the best use of time, energy, and resources that I can, can possibly come across in a prospecting role. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Look, there's a free, free trial that anyone can sign up for at any time and uh, make the decision for yourself whether it's a good fit. Fantastic. All right, that's winmode.com. Thanks so much, everyone. Good luck. We'll talk soon. 
That's all for today's episode of Agency Hero. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to check us out at catapultnewbusiness.com where you'll find other episodes, webinars, and blog posts all designed to help new business people win more business. Thanks.